This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Well, the Congressional District 1 race, at least on the Democrat side, heating up. Especially now, they're really going after this Aaron Ruggenberg. And folks, the hypocrisy, it's, it's really just disgraceful what is happening in the race, and especially with these PACs. The story I'm talking about, congressional rivals attack Aaron Ruggenberg as a privileged ri- uh, rich kid supported by a super PAC. Patrick Anderson, Rhode Island's congressional candidates, even those getting significant help from their own from outside groups, attacked Aaron Regenberg, receiving support from a super PAC funded by his family. The sharpest attack came from the left, where a segment of progressives have argued the leading progressive really isn't one of them. He stacked up the endorsements from D.C. bigwigs. He held high-priced fundraisers in Newport mansions. Now he's had his wealthy father-in-law throw more money at a single piece of mail than most Rhode Island families make in a year, said State Senator uh, Anna Quista in a blistering attack. Don't play cute with us, Aaron. We see you for who you are, a privileged rich kid, no real job experience, who's co-splaining man of the people. Well, he is. He is... um, he he's a trust fund student from brown university at the center of the dispute is a pro regenberg mailer distributed to voters this week paid for by progress rhode island featuring comic book style graphics describing the former providence state rep as rhode island's proven progressive champion progress rhode island's top donor is james salinsky global head of fixed income at Janison Head Investments, who contributed 125000 in June. He's Regenberg's father-in-law, according to WPRI. The other donor to Progress Rhode Island giving 5000 is Erica Regenberg, Regenberg's mother. This is the super PAC. Political opponents have attacked the Brown University-educated trust fund privileged Regenberg coming from a background of privilege since at least his 2018 run for lieutenant governor. Election laws allow unlimited contributions to super PACs, such as Progress Rhode Island, formed to make, quote, independent expenditures, supporting political campaigns and not coordinated with the campaigns. That allows the donors to give PACs to give more than the 3300 which is the, the normal limit. Ruggenberg made lim- has made limiting the influence of money part of his campaign, <laughs> taking a pledge not to accept donations from corporate PACs or lobbyists. I'm opposed to super PAC spending the moment I entered politics, he said. I oppose it in this race. I'll fight it in Congress. I'm proud of my record. I've had no coordination with my mother and father-in-law. Uh, Gabe Ammo, another Ruggenberg's first district opponents, questioned whether it's possible for there to be no coordination when it comes from family members running for office. The opportunity to serve in Congress shouldn't be limited to candidates with exceptionally wealthy families yet. Tell that to Seth Magaziner, Chafee, and Clayboy Pell. I'm concerned my opponents expect Rhode Islanders to believe there's no coordination between his campaign and the super PAC entirely funded by his immediate family. (laughs) Amo is getting support from Democrat Sir, which is running an ad saying he has the experience we need in Congress. That PAC 
reported 36,000 spent uh, in support of him last month. Sabina Matos had no comment about the PAC. Matos is getting help from another outside group in the campaign. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus released an ad that said, Rhode Island needs a fighter, a progressive champion, Sabina Matos. We also need someone to get signatures from dead people. The PAC's also doing a mailer for Matos. In a late July fundraising email, the Ruggenberg campaign had this to say about the super PACs. Super PAC money has started pouring into our race. In fact, one super PAC just booked over 300000 in TV advertising for our opponents. That's a lot of outside spending. And here's the issue with super PACs. They, they're way more aggressive in their mudslinging. Again, that's um, from Ruggenberg. Well, folks, you also have, by the way, this is one of the reasons. The spending I just mentioned to you, if you take away this special election, those television stations, they, in fact, without question, I mean, think of the benefit they're getting from this special election and more importantly what they're how they're benefiting i should say from the television advertising so now i i would argue other than the news and by the and news watching is television news is way off but i i would argue that this is part of the they continue this mantra that you know, you have to be on television and you got to do that. And they don't, um, they're not even, they're not even addressing the fact. Someone to watch is this Stephen Casey, the Woonsocket rep. He's got the free shot. He's, he's not showing up at forums. I've been told that they are um, just completely going with the ballot harvesting. And, and I, I hope they are. <laughs> I want someone to win who completely ignores the process and just ballot harvest. Because then maybe then, maybe then, people would then take it serious and realize something needs to be done in order to reform the system. We already know who it's not going to come from. It's not going to come from the Rhode Island Republican Party. But the outside groups that are now pouring money into this um, race for for CD one, the Cicilline seat, uh, that but that I want to see that play out. Where I mean, think about that. That is, it is absolutely ridiculous that Regenberg. There's not supposed to be any coordination with these packs, and the super pack is his father-in-law and his mother. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny in a way. Uh, you know, it fits the campaign. You know, if Matos is going to have dead people signing her form, then it, it sure sounds like all bets are off. So, you know, they may not like it, but uh, there doesn't seem to be anybody being a stickler for the rules here. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, when you have a pest problem, give them a call. Serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services, residential or commercial, whether it is for maybe you have some kind of a termite problem, bed bugs, ants, roaches. Listen, a mice problem. Mice can be problematic. Rats, mosquitoes, many other pests. Falcon Pest Services, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, all different types of programs, multifamily housing, condos, apartments, single-family homes, restaurants, office buildings, highly trained, experienced pest control technicians. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's a one-time treatment, monthly service, quarterly, or year-round protection. You can depend. Falcon Pest Services. Call them today for a free quote, 401 739 1322. Get your yard sprayed. Get rid of those mosquitoes. Falcon Pest Services. Call today, 401-739-1322. Falcon Pest Services. You can also find them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. The story out of Warwick, 
I played the sound of this when it first happened, and I'm so glad. Now the uh, ACLU is now fighting for this activist, Rob Cody, what happened to him in Warwick. And uh, I want to play Channel 12 did a piece on it. Two free Very good. Organizations are lashing out at the Warwick City Council after a resident was escorted out by police during public comments. This was about city government. It, it's actually mentioned about the war. Did you hear what council. I just said? Target 12 investigator Kate Wilkinson has why the person at the center of the conflict is now considering legal action. Good. It took less than a minute for Rob Cody to be kicked out of a city council meeting here at Warwick City Hall. Now he's talking with the ACLU of Rhode Island as he contemplates taking this to court. Good. First, I'd like to congratulate Councilwoman Travis, uh, another front page of the Providence Journal. You will be talking about city government or you'll be leaving. Rob Cody was planning to discuss an article about a property dispute involving Councilwoman Donna Travis, but he didn't get very far. This is about city government issues. We have uh, an elected official. Okay, somebody want to take him out? Listen to that lady. You know this is going to be the done. ACLU. This is about... You do. You get away with it every well, month. You're not going to do it with me. Target 12 reached out to Councilwoman Travis for an interview, but did not hear back. Cody says he's butted heads before with Travis, but he's never been kicked out. She clearly doesn't understand that as an elected official, every single thing that you do is open to public scrutiny because of the fact you're a public figure and you're an elected official. The ACLU of Rhode Island Executive Director Stephen Brown believes Cody has a legitimate First Amendment claim. If they have harsh words about a public official, they have the right to say them. Obviously, they don't have the right to actually disrupt the meeting. Um, but that's not what happened, uh, you know, in looking at the video. No lawsuit has been filed, but the ACLU of Rhode Island and the New England First Amendment Coalition sent the council this letter Wednesday, urging them not to make the same mistake again. NEFAC Executive Director Justin Silverman says the city council and Councilwoman Travis should apologize. Reassure the public moving forward that their rights to free speech and their ability to comment about matters of uh, public interest and related to the city council itself will be respected and uh, protected. Last check, both organizations say they have not heard from Travis or the city council in response to their letter. With the Target 12 investigators, Kate Wilkinson, 12 News. I think I have the full, um, folks, it, it, it's atrocious government. I mean, the, the, the woman was the subject of he was saying front page story in the providence journal true and they immediately not only cut him off but then have him escorted out by police ken block was um very outspoken at least on not well used to be twitter x whatever we're calling it and saying that um you know warwick has terrible local government no one stepped up no one stepped up and said hey wait a minute you know, uh, you got to let him talk. You shouldn't be doing that. No one did it. They allowed him to be kicked out. Warwick, as I've said, Warwick also has that um, uh, Bacchus on the school committee got nailed on the DUI. This woman, Travis, should not be in a position of authority. So I do have, I know I have the video of his encounter in Rob Cody, you can hear he's actually, you know, he's professional. Here it is. He uh, was escorted out of Warwick City Hall. Here we go. So, another front page of the Providence Journal. You will be talking about city government, or you'll be leaving. This, so this is about stick city to government. the topic of city government, it is or city else you'll be escorted out. This is about city government. It, it's actually mentioned about the war. Did you hear what council. I just said? How? Okay. I don't care. Any one of the council people, you do not take attack to. Stick to a city government issue, and then we'll go forward. Okay. This is about city government issues. We have uh, an elected official. Okay. Somebody want to take him out? Wow. Somebody want to take you know him this out? Is He's all done. ACLU. He's all done. This is about... You, do, you get away with it every what? month. You're not going to do it with me. What? You're leaving now. I'm sure he can read. Go. Travis, uh, another front page of the Providence Journal. You will be talking about city government. They, so they had the police 
escort him out of there. I mean, it's beyond the pale of outrageous. But, in a, I mean, granted now, uh, two organizations have stepped forward. There should be a lawsuit here. But there's a, a larger issue here. This she should that woman should not be in charge. Um, and and what's more disturbing is that no one stepped up to his defense. Stepped up. You have she is he was saying front page story in the Providence Journal. All true. It wasn't even. And I want to be clear about this. This was not someone that just goes up. And starts making, you know, blind accusations and attacks. Um, all of it was, all of it was um, in line. So Ken Blockett said the Rhode Island ACLU weighed in, uh, trampling on First Amendment right to speech. Donna Travis had him ejected for criticizing her during a public comment period. Asked the police to escort him out. So it's, he writes, Ken Block now, uh, it's galling every attorney in the city council chamber stayed silent the night his rights were massacred. From the council's attorney to lawyers who have council seats, no one stepped in to right the clear wrong committed. Why did no one step in? Is the council and the attorney so cowered by Warwick's power structure, they were afraid to speak truth to power? Well, that's exactly what it is. How about as the council's animus towards Cody so great they're willing to ignore the unconstitutional actions taken by the council that night? They've done nothing publicly to right the wrong committed against a, a, you know, a city activist. Warwick's government is among the worst. This is Ken Block now. Among the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> City's unaccountable for most of its heinous actions for decades. Let's hope this time some justice gets served. It is, um, folks, again listening to that woman that's it somebody escorted him out you know it goes on from there i didn't play but she's then saying goodbye you're out of here bye no you're not it's public comment there was a front page story i want to be clear about this it's not like he's saying i heard or just starts going into some vendetta or personal attack or for whatever reason it's nothing like that um He's citing that the person who's yelling having him ejected was the subject of a front page story in the state newspaper. And they wouldn't allow him to, to bring it up and had him ejected. I hope he does bring legal action. I hope he's successful. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Limitless Outdoors. Why do they call it Limitless Outdoors RI? Well, because it's limitless what they could do for your home, for your property. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Remember their slogan, dream, build, enjoy. It starts with a discussion how you'd like to use your outdoor space. They can design your outdoor space to fit your aesthetics and lifestyle. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps, outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installation, excavation, limitless outdoors. They can also up, update your indoor fireplace. Call today, free consultation, free quote, 401-580-1852. You can also find them on Facebook, and then their website is LimitlessOutdoorsRI.com. How about an outdoor kitchen? Call them today, Limitless Outdoors, 401 401- 580-1852. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. What are they going to do about this area of mass cass? It's a major problem. It is. The area, Massachusetts Avenue, Cass Boulevard, rampant public drug use, well, they seem to think that the problem is actually even getting worse. Let's pick up the story. This is the story from WBZ. Long posed a challenge for the city of Boston. But now, Mayor Wu says the violence there is out of control. And most workers trying to help people in that area have been told to stay away. Now, we wanted to cover this story. It's important. We also wanted to keep our crews safe. So WBZ's Christina Rex is live in Sky Eye above Mass and Cass <laughs> with our story tonight. Christina? 
Yeah, Lisa, we're up here in Sky Eye overlooking Mass and Cast. Just want to show you what you can see below me, below the helicopter like right now. You can see there's tents there along the road, those tents we got used to seeing in this area. Mayor Wu told me today that those tents are a particular concern. More tents means more hidden activity, which has opened the door for more drugs and, she says, more human trafficking. And the numbers show that this situation right now is dire. It's bad. It is very bad. John Kamenik works at a meat facility around the corner from Mass Ave and Melnaikas Boulevard. Every day, he says he encounters safety issues at work. I had to clean up squalor oh. in front of my door and by my trucks, cleaning up, sweeping up hypodermic needles, bands. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu says the area known for rampant drug use is experiencing new levels of danger. In the last month or so, we have had several concerning incidents, including some related to our officers, right? There's been um, those who have been uh, pepper sprayed or worst or, or stabbings. And emergency calls are through the roof. According to city data, from May to July of last year, there were three to 400 EMS calls per day to the area. That time this year, there were seven to 900. We are seeing folks come in from not only across the state, but all across the country. Mayor Wu says there's an influx of new people arriving in the area. And with increased danger, the city is losing services vital to the people struggling with substance use issues and vital to keeping the city clean and safe. Even the outreach workers who have been out there day after day after day are not feeling comfortable not feeling like they can physically uh, safely be there anymore. And so at this point, it is just our city teams out there. And back out here live in Sky Eye, you can see those tents here. The city already transitioned hundreds of people to transitional housing, but they say many still come out here on these streets to use drugs. And they do daily sweeps here where they make people move those tents while the city can clean the streets here. That's kind of a short-term solution. So coming up at 6 tonight, I'm going to explain multiple of the long-term solution the city is considering to hopefully help this area and the people in it for good. For now, live in Sky Eye, Christina Rex, WBZ News. Think of that, that the media has to be now in a helicopter above them instead of being down on the ground. Now, there was a lot uh, out of that report, and I thought it was a, a very good, um, you know, it, it's not a typical. Number one, I like the fact WBZ even acknowledges they don't feel comfortable that it's safe to send their reporters down into that area, number one. The mayor also, I thought, was pretty good. Number two. New people arriving, so new people keep coming. Um, this isn't just helping a couple different people. So the homeless advocates want you to believe, what are they always, to, this could be you, this could be you out there. We just need to help these people. You know, it's almost like a shell game because they try to say, if you could just help these 20 people, it's going to solve the problem. And then as the city or wherever this could be, by the way, this could also be, you know, closer to home. This happens to be in Boston, could be Providence. But but when you then say, OK, we're going to help these 20 people. Right. And then there's 30 people behind them. And they say, you you know, you got to do something. You have to help these 30 people. So, OK, we're going to take the resources. We're going to help these 30 people. And then there's 40 people behind them. And then it just keeps it's multiplying. And there's violence. And this notice the homeless advocates never address the fact that the sex trafficking, open drug use, this is disgraceful. It's getting worse. The more that you say, and there are people out there that say, you can do, this is okay. We're going to take care of you. Don't worry about being responsible. Don't worry about your behavior. Stay there in the tent. Do the drugs you want to do. It's up to the state and the city to do something to help you. They just keep encouraging that. And I don't know where we're headed with all of the rampant drug use that not only is going on now but seemingly is even getting worse so i just don't know you know we we we're, look at look at what's happening things are things are not getting better things are getting worse and more people are coming now cannabis is legal now they're going to make magic mushrooms legal and everyone keeps saying oh there's mental you know what doesn't help your mental health is lying in the street using drugs and then being under a tent yet people are 
finding all these, you know, handouts for you and demanding you get free housing. That's also not good for your health. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus, call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 a service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus our segment is politics this week with us is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com well justin i i don't recall whether or not we talked about it but rob cody who's a advocate in the city of warwick he went to um, i'm glad that channel 12 finally picked up on this and i also um i'm glad that the aclu did speak out in his favor and i think even the uh, press organization freedoms also sp- spoke out about this but it has to do with the fact that he went to a warwick city council meeting and he he started to mention that the woman that happened to be running the meeting donna trevers was on the front page of the providence journal there's controversy over a piece of property that i think her and her husband um, and as there's as soon as he brought it up Within 45 seconds, he was escorted out of the meeting by the um, by the Warwick police, and she had it removed. And I just want to hear your initial thoughts. And even there were attorneys that were there. There were other people on the council that were there. No one spoke up on behalf, on behalf of Rob Cody. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the, the sort of thing. That's what's, what's kind of striking is, I mean, you have a, a police officer enforcing – an obvious violation of First Amendment rights, in my view. You've got lawyers there, solicitors who should be speaking up and saying, uh, uh, "Madam Travis, these we we can't be doing this. You're you're pu- you're putting the council at risk of a lawsuit." Uh, and Rob Cody even kind of threw them the hint. You know, the ACLU is going to be involved in this. Uh, so it's the idea that nobody really stepped forward for the, it's really just an obvious violation. But but. What strikes me, though, is, I mean, the, the ACLU, every now and then when they get one of these really low-hanging fruits from somebody who they would normally oppose because he's relatively conservative, uh, I, they have to take it. But, I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of worry the attitude will be, uh, so what, a letter from the ACLU. What's needed are protests. You know, in, in Warwick, you need people going to the next meeting and all getting up and reading from the article. And, you, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you need, but there's just no political organization behind it. I mean, this stuff, this stuff is just, and this is what you get when you don't have that that capacity of, or that critical mass of people who actually care about good government. And I, I, I worry about that. Yes. And, and, and what about the fact, you know, um, how come you, how come you don't think we're not hearing anything from any of the leaders in Warwick. No one on the city council has said anything. The mayor hasn't said anything. So, you know, and again, I go to, as you and I both know, Warwick is a really important city when it comes to voting. And if you can carry Warwick and even Sabina Matos at her press briefing went out of her way to say, Oh, I, I love Warwick and uh, you know, carry that forward. But but um, wh- why don't you think I, I, I'm just at a loss as to why, as you say, wh- where is where's the organization and how come no one is, in fact, like orga- organizing this? I don't understand why in the city of Warwick that they just don't seem to be doing anything. Well, you know, now that you mention it, I mean, it doesn't even have to be Warwick. I mean, this is kind of emblematic of the whole Democrat insider system. I think this woman's been in that office for something like 30 years. And if you if you dig into the story, it sounds but I I gather the accusation is that she and her husband's kind of as as members of their homeowners association kind of transferred property 
from the homeowners association to themselves. And if you look at her, her husband's commentary on the matter in the news, he's, he says, oh, that the, the woman who told you this is a no good person, that broad with a big mouth. I mean, there's a lot of red meat here for somebody yeah. who wants to who, who wants to go against this. And I think what, what you what, all I can think is that there's just so little real opposition in Rhode Island that anybody, everybody's kind of on the same side and they don't want to go if if you don't ask me, I'm not gonna t- I'm not gonna complain about Travis because then she'll get angry and I'll be in there crosshairs and who knows how much heft she has in our party. You know all that kind of stuff gets involved because there's no real opposition until you know as we were discussing before you get kind of in- inner fighting among progressives and then they they'll go after each other with knives. But uh, otherwise, it's everybody just puts their heads down. It has nothing to do with me. I don't want to get involved because I might burn myself by saying something bad about her, and it, that's a, that's a real shame. And I think that's that's what's what's scary is you'd think even on the state level there would be Republicans or, or others who, who have that kind of okay here's something I can grab on to um, makes me think of um, kind of blanking on his name he's running for president Vivek Ramasheki or something like oh, that yeah. Uh, yeah he I mean Vivek he's, he's yes. yeah he's 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 going and running against Donald Trump, but he's jumping all over every issue. He's traveling the country yeah. <laughs> to, to say, we need to check into this. We need to stop this. We need to do that. Really? We need good government. You could do that in Rhode Island much, much more easily. And so, the, I mean, it's not just a Warwick thing. And it's, that's what's, what's kind of scary is, I mean, even I'm surprised at how little little response these kind of things are getting from from anybody i mean it's it's right. almost it's almost like you you can almost figure channel 12 and others are, are are paying attention just because there's this huge empty spot that uh others could once might have filled whether they're on you know you know in online or or on talk radio shows or whatever but uh, i mean as as far as i know a, a lot of the stuff gets covered by you and me and that's about it and i think that's a real that's a real red flag that Rhode Islanders ought to take seriously. They, they, we need more opposition in, in government in Rhode Island. I, I agree. And on top of that, um, you know, I know him, but like the chairman of the Rhode Island Republican Party, Joe Powers, so he issued a statement on President Trump and the latest indictment. But to me, that, that I mean, I don't, and I would tell him this, that that's a waste. Like, you don't have to release a statement on that. Like, you know, release the statement on what's happening in Warwick. And to me, you can't release enough statements about what's going on with the CD1 race and the investigation and how this should work. And I, I mean, again, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but it, it's just there's, there's few times you get this type of opportunity. To me, the loudest voices in the most dramatic calls for change should be coming from the Rhode Island Republican Party. I, I would want it where the Democrats are saying that is an outrageous request and we can't do that. And that's outrageous. Like at least then you're kind of moving the needle a little bit right now. I I just, I'm at a loss for the silence. Now, Justin, I did want to also, and again, folks, our segment is politics this week with us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. I also, I did want to get your um, thought on, and I sent it to you and I missed it, but Bob Walsh was on Lively Experiment for whatever reason. He's no longer been part of the union, but he actually made it seem (laughs) that um, Bob Walsh, former head of NEA Rhode Island, and basically a socialist, but still, still obviously a lot of power, still obviously has juice, even though he's, he's no longer with them. They have him as a guest, but he was trying to frame it that Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos was actually um, bullied at her press briefing because of the type of questions. And he uses that to say traditional media couldn't even get their questions in. Well, as someone who was there, and I'm pretty confident that Walsh was referencing me, um, <laughs> the traditional media, Tim White didn't, wasn't there. It was a Friday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, Kat wasn't there. And we were also is completely false, is this business of, quote, the traditional media couldn't get their questions in. The Matos people said, we're going to stand here and answer as many questions. Like, they wanted to take the approaches, like, any questions you have, we're not going anywhere, we're going to stand there and answer the questions. So even that was false. But what do you make of Walsh with this whole thing of that she was being bullied at this press briefing? Well, you know, that's the play they'll make, right? I mean, they're happy to bully. I mean, Walsh, 
Bob Walsh and his, his crony at the time, Pat Crowley, they're yeah. happy to go. And, and I, th- I was a Susanke when she was on a local board, uh, or am I thinking of somebody else? Happy to go to a, a local meeting in, nope. in that was, costume. Right. That was East Greenwich uh, Town Council. Yep. And yeah. did the whole they're, thing. Yeah. yeah, they're happy to go there, make a lot of noise, scream at people, make them walk through gauntlets, intimidate. Um, you know, they're, they're happy to do all that. Bullying is is their stock and trade. So, I mean, it's like cro- it's crocodile tears on that front. And as the idea that the traditional media couldn't, we, we actually discussed how they had no questions. And that was shocking in itself. I mean, they, they didn't they didn't jostle for anything. They, at the very end, I, I think it ended with with you still asking questions and Matto yes. saying, "Well, does it, does anybody else have any questions?" No. Okay, we're done. And so it's it's not like they didn't have opportunities. It's not like she didn't say, "Hey, please, somebody on my side, ask some questions." Uh, but so it's it's you know it's it's such a show, which is why the, I mean to me that that whole show is pretty useless and, and he's a good example of it why what's what's the point of having him on like a regular he's he's practically a co-host as far as i can tell i uh, and it's just the the idea that he's gonna have anything that isn't pure spin for for his particular political interests is is ludicrous justin finally um i'm curious there was the article i sent where they say it may look like more people are cheating but the reality is people have been cheating all along we're just catching them more and it's campaign find finance violations and um what, what i find interesting about that statement is so they're willing to be very aggressive on campaign finance violations but i i agree with to me the number one issue is the ballot harvesting and I think I've been very consistent, Justin, on all I'm asking is for Rhode Island to be in line with Massachusetts and Connecticut that don't allow one person to touch more than 10 ballots. That's all you can touch is 10 ballots because it would pe- put people like that Holly out of business where they can get paid for collecting 100 ballots, 500 ballots, 1,000 ballots. Um, but just I find it the thought they're very great, aggressive on campaign finance. But why aren't they more aggressive when it comes to the voting? Yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I think I think this is a good this is a good issue <laughs> to kind of put a spotlight on this because what what they're talking about is that they're they're getting more. It's, it's unfair. That was John Marion saying that um, of Common Cause saying if, if we're catching more people cheating because they were cheating, it's unfair to say it's cheating. Most of these fines, and Richard Thornton of the Campaign Finance said this in the same article, uh, most of these fines are just errors. I mean, some of them are rather substantial, like uh, Elaine Morgan, a Republican senator, used the wrong card to pay for something. That was right. a pretty big fine. But but a, a large portion of this is people who they're late on a filing report they forgot they had to file because they ran for office two years ago, and they, they get a fine for 20 bucks, and it goes up $2 a day, or maybe it's 25 and $2 a day until they pay it. And so, I mean, I've been to Board of Elections meetings where people are, are saying, look, I've I've got this fine for $800 I didn't even know about. I just finally got something in the mail. I missed it somehow. You know, that I moved, you know, all these, that's what really is happening. And I, so I, I think it's very emblematic because one, a very telling part of that, Richard Thornton said the, the number of those kind of nuisance fines of people who late with their reports and is going down. And I wonder if that's because fewer people are bothering to run for exactly this reason. We've, we've created these regulations that go after silly stuff, like whether you filed a report on a campaign uh, campaign finance report on that had no action in a quarter, and now suddenly they're catching these people. You know, I So I, I think they're this is what they're doing. They're, they make it harder and harder for people to just they to just run when they when they have the itch. And instead, you you get this kind of high level corruption with a mail ballot fraud, where so they, they squeeze the bottom so fewer people are running, and then they they open the gates at the top. And I think to your point, they right now, as far as I know, there's no way they could possibly enforce a limit on how many ballots you could you could turn in because in order to do that, you'd have to know who's turning in ballots and they don't right. even know that they, they so, know. I mean, that, that would be just, you don't even have to put a limit on it. Just let, make it public information who turned in these things. Uh, and I don't know how you would do that with all these mail drop boxes everywhere, but that would be the big thing. If they could just do that, then we could look at this and say, Hey, this one person turned in 3,000 pallets. Maybe that's right. somewhere we should look. I mean, that would be helpful. But they'll, they'll never touch that because that's the heart of their new corruption where they don't have to worry about being elected. They just have to worry about being the one who gets the benefit of the ballot harvesting. 
Folks, again, our segment politics this week. He is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730 online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online. You can at the website, dipietro.com. You log on there, then just click listen live. All right, let's get the latest now. He's been summoned to appear in court Thursday, President Trump. Let's get the latest. Trump has been summoned here to appear tomorrow afternoon. He will be placed under arrest for a third time, then stand before a judge to enter a plea of not guilty. And we're unlikely to see very much of him. He can enter underground here, and there are no cameras in federal court. More than a thousand defendants who have been charged for their conduct on January 6th are being prosecuted at this very same courthouse within view of the Capitol. The judge assigned to Trump's case, Tanya Chutkin, has been especially tough on January 6th defendants, handing down prison sentences sometimes longer than what federal prosecutors recommended. And she previously denied Trump when he tried to keep documents from the January 6th Congressional Committee. And in that ruling, she wrote, presidents are not kings. For Trump, this pattern of indictment, surrender and arraignment has become familiar. He faces criminal charges now in three cases. And a fourth, George, is looming in Georgia later this month. It'll be another indictment, as a matter of fact, and none of it is seeming to have any effect. I again repeat, if given the options, as I've said, I don't like some of the people he surrounded himself with. I think there is a lot of noise. I do have some serious problems in the world. I don't like his uh, position with Putin. He has been very aggressive with China, but I would even argue that China and Russia are basically the same. They are foes of ours. So you wonder if President Trump um, were to get back into office, would he just let China take Taiwan and would he let Putin take take uh, Ukraine? I mean, I don't like I don't like the, the nature and the sound of any of that. But then you have to step back, you know, the Republican Party and, and, and with him not at the helm, it, it was frustrating I mean, that was one of the things that that appealed to me and drew me to President Trump in the first place was it was finally someone willing to stand up and fight. It was to, you know, the old Republican Party of it was Link Chafee and John McCain. That's what people don't get. Who wants to return to that? Locally, it was just lose gracefully. Look at the embarrassment we have locally where one of the, quote, Republican leaders at the statehouse uh, doesn't even doesn't even see the fraud that is going on and is is more keen and wants to meet with Senator Josh Miller and some of the other Democrats up there. So, hey, if given the choice of either Mamby Pamney weakness, weak need people that just say, remember, the most important thing to do is lose gracefully. If there's a choice between that or a flawed candidate, we'll take President Trump you know, eight days out of seven. All right. Now there is a major problem going on in New York. Now I have two children. um, Well, I, that I have concerned about simply because um, one lives in the city, one's constantly in and out of the city. But 
What is happening right now outside the Roosevelt Hotel is just atrocious. I want to play this piece. City officials are calling on the federal government for help as the line of asylum seekers in Manhattan outside the Roosevelt Hotel grows. The hotel is both an arrival center for migrants where they can get vaccines, food, and other resources, but it is also a humanitarian relief center that is housing families with children. We met this family from Venezuela. Andres arrived by himself last year. His wife and four-year-old daughter followed in May. She spent five days in the jungle. So it's very, very difficult. Many of the people in line over the last several days have been single men, but there are single moms too. Migrants like Vanessa tell us the journey from Honduras has been dangerous and exhausting, but she risked it all for her sons. She says they were hungry, they were cold, but she made it. Unlawful entries along the southern border have decreased 70% from their record highs since the end of Title 42 in May, according to the Department of Homeland Security. ABC's Mireya Villarreal traveled to the border where a 1,000-foot floating barrier of large buoys sits across the Rio Grande, forcing migrants into deeper water and then through razor wire along the banks of the river. People here that traveled with us have said if groups want to get around this barrier, they'll fight away. The Justice Department is now suing Texas after Governor Greg Abbott refused to remove the barrier. Here in New York, migrants from various countries say they just want a chance to work and start a new life. New York's governor and New York City's mayor have urged the federal government to expedite work permits for the thousands of asylum seekers here in New York City. Michael. All right, Stephanie, thank you. Even just the wording of that, asylum seekers... Look at the way they phrase that. They just want work. Bring in the permits. Listen, these people are not following our laws. And there's a problem here, folks, because when they're told that, you know, there's no room for you in New York and you've already reached New York, uh, I, I have a place for you. It's three hours south of here and you can get a driver's license. And, and it's, it's a sanctuary state. And it's called Rhode Island. Oh, Long Island? No, Rhode Island. It's, 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 excuse me, three hours north of here. I said south. Three hours north of here. You're going to drive up 95. We're going to put you on a bus. Oh, is it Boston? No, it's an hour south of Boston. It's this place called Providence in Rhode Island. And you'll be close enough. You have family in New York. Okay, then you can come down 95. But it's, it's, it's about three hours depending on where you land, but three hours north of New York. And then when you want to come down and visit relatives in New York, you can. You're going to be right near Boston, and you're not going to have a problem. And you can stay there, and you'll get all the benefits and so forth. That's a problem. That's a problem that can't be ignored. And that is absolutely going to um, be going on. You know, look at that. When you see that story, does that make sense to anyone? Like, th this is ridiculous, it is ridiculous in the way the Democrat Party, whether it's Governor McKee or Sabina Matos, that says, well, if they, what did Sabina Matos say, Lieutenant Governor? When they arrive in Rhode Island, they're now Rhode Island citizens. Those are her words. This is ludicrous. No, they're not. They're people who have illegally entered the country and they have tremendous needs. And our state continues to just be a magnet for them based on the leadership or lack of leadership. This is crazy. We can't afford this. This is no way to run a country. There are companies that need workers. Fine. Let's have an organized system. Let's set up some parameters. Let's set up a program. This is not working. This is not a method. This is no way to run a country. Come on. This is ludicrous. They're just lining the sidewalk outside of the Roosevelt Hotel. No, that's there. I know there's a better way. And it starts with controlling the border and then controlling who comes in over the border. And we need a president. And I wish we had a governor that would enforce that. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room.
delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Rhode Island election officials blame time constraints. That's why we didn't vet the names tied to the signature scandal. All right, this is the report. Let's get the latest from uh, Eyewitness News, Target 12. Race. State election officials met today behind closed doors to discuss the questions surrounding signatures submitted by the Savina Matos campaign to get on the ballot after they declined to take further action, saying the Matos campaign had enough signatures to qualify, despite some people who say their names were forged. But members of the Board of Elections acknowledged if they had more time to review signatures, they would have. We had that seven days. We had to review it all. Yes. So we had that opportunity. The time? The we had a time problem. Okay. Yeah. We're dead. We're that, might, that might make people feel uneasy uh, right now about how things stand. If you're saying if we had the time, we would have done more, but we don't have the time, so we can't do more. But people should, be, should feel confident that the system works. Board members say they were on a tight deadline to approve the ballot so it could be sent out to military members overseas. The Attorney General's office is conducting a criminal investigation into the matter. You know what's a shorter timeline? You know what's a shorter timeline? Election night. Election night. Folks, that should show you and that should foreshadow a warning. If they're rushing through that, if they're rushing through the signatures, they feel they don't have enough time. They only had, and they had seven days. Then what about all this, you know, the night of they're announcing the winner of the election. Seven days for signatures is not enough time. Yet they feel they can call and accurately call an election within hours of the, I mean, don't they make the argument right there that our elections are not secure? That people should not have faith in our election system? I think they make the strongest argument right there. They make the stronger argument that it is time constraints. Oh, if just push it through. Uh, it looks okay. It's probably fine. That's how the fraud gets through. That's the Board of Elections. Tim White, uh, people should feel, you know... Don't you think people might feel uneasy about this? It's because you didn't have enough time. There were time constraints. It was time. We just didn't have time. That's why we could investigate. What about the night of an election when they announce? And the winner is, boom. Suddenly, you know, Channel 10 projects Sabina Matos is the winner. It's done by design. It's not to get the accurate result that we all want. I believe the time constraints are put in there by design. And they basically confirmed it. You're listening to The John DePietro Show.